0: Welcome to the Ordinals Podcast, produced by Ord Media, featuring the top builders, projects, and investors pioneering Bitcoin inscription protocols and the future of digital artifacts. All right, there we go. Well, thanks again for being here. My name is Ragnar Lee Fraser. I'm one of the co-founders of the event and co-founder of Trajan App. I want to thank the sponsors, the speakers, and of course, you guys were very excited. We've worked very, very hard, so appreciate you being here. You guys are going to hear a lot of things today. You're going to learn about marketplaces. You're going to learn about the wallets. You're going to learn about collections. You're going to learn about the core protocol. You're going to learn about mining. You're going to learn about so many things. You're going to meet so many people but when you go home tonight, back to your hotel room, and right as you're about to fall asleep, I want you to ask yourself one question What will you inscribe? What will you inscribe? That's the one thing I want you to ask yourself throughout the day and when you fall asleep at night. This conference is all about you, it's not about the rest of us, the team, even the sponsors. It's really about you. So, what will you inscribe? Today, you're gonna to learn how to do it once you have an inscription. how to put it in a good wallet, how to put it on a marketplace, so many things. But ultimately, it's about you and what will you inscribe. So what are we inscribing? Digital artifacts. Um, We know what artifacts are. They're an object produced or shaped by human craft, especially a tool, weapon, or ornament of archaeological or historical interest. If you guys noticed that when Casey first introduced Ordinals, he didn't call them NFTs. And I remember talking to Casey about, it's almost two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, because we've been Twitter friends for a long time. We'd send DMs. And I remember actually, the first time I talked to him on video, I pitched him my startup Trajan. And uh, he, he declined, obviously. And now I know why, among many reasons. But one of the reasons why is he was working on Ordinals. And then in December, he followed up and said, hey, Ragnar, like, I've got ordinals is really coming along. You should try it out. it would be perfect for you. And I thought, it's not going to go anywhere. Who's going to use this weird nerd ordinals thing with numbers and math? Like, that's Casey was smart, but I'm like, this is just a a nerd experiment. I'm not going to use it. Um, That was in December. But the point is that Casey called them digital artifacts. And one thing I want to emphasize is that this is nothing new, actually. I want to emphasize that artifacts actually go back tens of thousands of years, maybe 100,000 years. Artifacts are part of what humans do. It's who we are. So we can't just think of ordinals, oh, it's so new, oh, it's two months old, oh, it's four months old. What's it gonna be like in a month? When I think of ordinals, I don't think in terms of months or years, I actually think in terms of decades, centuries, and even millennia. That's what I'm building, I'm building for millennia. So let's take a quick ride through history with artifacts. Mm -hmm. So what is the oldest piece of art? I mean, it's debatable what is art, but leave it to the French. I think a lot of people, the consensus is the first real piece of art that we know of has been the um, Lascaux Caves, and they're 17,000 years old. So if you thought you were early with being sub 100,000 K, you were early 17,000 years ago with your art. And so with this inscription, I think it was a few things that we need to to think about, first, it was artistic. They don't really know what these cave paintings were about, but they think it might have to do with maybe a ceremony, uh, maybe sort of a mystical experience, but also some practical things. On like one of the cows, they think it's a cow, there were four dots, and they think that might be a lunar cycle. So just like with our ordinals, it has metadata, and also has art, and it also would have a community, right? These people who, who carved this in the caves, there was some sort of community. So again, ordinals is nothing new. Humans, we naturally create these artifacts. We naturally want to express something, communicate, bring community together. So 17,000 years old, the Lascaux Caves. Also, I want to I note that the permanence of it. So we talk about Bitcoin, right? Like, what's so amazing about inscriptions? Well, they're actually on chain. I think we all know that, so they could last a long time. Um, So this has lasted 17,000 years, but unlike ordinals, not a lot of people could access them. You had to be in the caves. Um, And the the smart thing about putting these in the caves was they could last a long time. They were sheltered from the sun, from the water. They were sheltered from people stumbling upon them and scribbling over them. So there's a lot of censorship, resistance, and durability uh, here in this inscription. All right, what's the oldest recorded, like, language. Again, that's very debatable. I mean, what is language and and what is the alphabet? But definitely um, this Narmer palette from Egypt is a contender for earliest sort of written language that we know of. It's 8,400 years old. So again, we don't know exactly what this was, but they think it was the first kind of king of Egypt. In terms of um, the hieroglyphics, not 100% sure, but they think it might be uniting the upper and lower Nile. So what does this have to do with inscriptions? Well, a few things. Again, obviously it's durable. It's lasted this long because they built it on stone. But what's different from inscriptions is that you had to be like a king. You had to be an emperor to create something like this. And not everyone can see it. But again, here's some art. Here's telling a story. Here's some language. Here's some images. Here's some metadata. So again, the ancient Egyptians understood ordinal theory in a way, but inscriptions specifically. Okay, now we're moving forward in time. 1,500 years ago, the Buddhas of Bamiyan. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing some of these. Um, I went to government public schools in America. Um, (laughs) The Buddhas of Bamiyan. So this was two Buddhas, a larger and a smaller one in Afghanistan, and it was along the road to the Silk Road. So obviously, this seems to be very durable, right? Carved in stone. I mean, you you think the blockchain is durable? Imagine stone. It was relatively visible. A lot of people were able to see it. It was relatively censorship resistant. It involved, obviously, art, but also deeper meaning. It had the community of of Buddhists. But what happened? Does anyone know? Yeah. Yeah. Taliban blew it up. So on the left is actually one of the Buddhas. On the right is what happened after they blew it up. So censorship resistance—it was censorship resistant for almost fifteen hundred years. So when we think about ordinal inscriptions and how they're censorship resistant, you might think, "Well, what I'm going to inscribe—it's not that controversial. Like, who's going to be upset at, at my, you know, JPEG of a monkey?" But you got to think, whatever you inscribe, assume that at one point in history, someone is not going to like it. Someone is going to find it offensive. Someone's going to find it heresy and assume that they're going to try to attack it. Because who would have thought the Buddha, which is about peace and tranquility, would be blown up? So you never know who your enemies are going to be this month, next year, or in 100 years. So something to think about with your inscriptions. All right, moving close to time now. Does anyone know what this t-shirt is? Raise your hands if you know. I knew Jamil would know. Okay, a couple of you guys know. Um, so this is 28 years old. This is the famous Pearl RSA munitions T-shirt. And this was created by Adam Back. Who knows who Adam Back is? All right, come on. You, <laughs> I hope you guys know. Um, so this was created by Adam Back, actually. So what happened was the U.S. government had actually considered RSA encryption as a munition, as a weapon. And so, so they banned it. As being able to be exported out of the U.S. or be shown to enemy states, this is insane, right? Um, but it wasn't to the U.S. government. So what did they do? They did this. Adam Back created this T-shirt. He inscribed it's four lines of code written in pearl, as you could see there, and um, and then on the back it had had some speech as well. But the point of this inscription was to convey some information, was to make a statement, was to share data, and also kind of in an artistic way. Um, How durable is this compared to Bitcoin inscriptions? Well, it's a T-shirt. They degrade over time, but the censorship-resistant was good because they're T-shirts. They could print T-shirt after T-shirt after T-shirt, and the government couldn't say a T-shirt is illegal. I mean, they could um, at this point, but the point is it's very hard to censor this, and this is what this Adam Back, This is what he decided to inscribe. And so what will you inscribe? Will you be the next Adam Back? Will you be the next um, carver of a Buddha? So this is uh, just kind of explaining uh, what I said. But I do want to, excuse me, I do actually want to read this um, because this is Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Cypherpunks write code. We know that someone has to write software to defend privacy, and since we can't get privacy unless we all do, we're going to write it. We publish our codes that our fellow cypherpunks may practice and play with it. Our code is free for all to use worldwide. We don't much care if you don't approve of the software we write. We know that the software can't be destroyed, and that a widely dispersed system can't be shut down. So I know, or knows, for a lot of people, it's monkey JPEGs, It's all sort of fun things, and it is, right? It's a lot of very, very fun things. But I think uh, it's, it's not as meaningful as when we think about what cypherpunks can do with the ordinals. So again, what will you inscribe? Think about every single... Throughout the hour, today, when you fall asleep at night, what will you inscribe? Think about this history of inscriptions over tens of thousands of years. Know that you're connected to other humans through time, and there's a purpose to what we're doing. Sometimes it's just fun, and it's monkey JPEGs, and sometimes it's something more. But again, what will you inscribe? Okay, so uh, what am I inscribing myself? Well, several things um, that I can't share publicly, but I am willing to share two things that I'm inscribing. Uh, Trajan.app, and then BNS Signed Inscriptions. So before I talk about Trajan, I want to share this quote. A good reputation is more valuable than money. Does anyone know who Publius Cyrus was? Okay, good. I'm going to teach something. Um, Obviously, I'm a student of history. So Publius Cyrus was Syrian. He was brought to uh, Rome and Italy as a slave. So he was a slave. But over time, through his reputation as a writer and what he did, his slave master actually freed him. So he was a slave who became free. And how? We think it's because of his reputation and what he did for his master. So if you were a slave, what's more valuable to you, money or freedom? Freedom, I, Yeah. So, especially for a slave, a good reputation is more valuable than money. And so, this really hits home for me for a lot of personal reasons, which I won't share, but some people know my story. So, this is why I'm inscribing uh, Trajan.app, because reputation matters so much. So, Trajan.app is, is, uh, we just launched actually yesterday. It's about reputation prosperity with identity-linked Bitcoin NFTs. So, going back to history again, does anyone know what Trajan's column is? Okay, he also went to government public schools. Um, Trajan's column is actually a column in Rome. It's 1,900 years old, and it was for the emperor Trajan. Trajan was one of the top four emperors, one, known as a good emperor. Anyone seen the movie Gladiator? OK, Gladiator. Okay, Now we're getting somewhere. Um, so Trajan came after Aurelius. Um, that's who he is. So you have this really great column. And so why does this matter? So. There was this column, and spiraling around the column was a story. It was inscriptions of his victories over the two Dacian wars. So as it spirals up, it has this really neat um, inscriptions of the battle and his victories and things that he did. And at the very top of the column is obviously um, him, Emperor Trajan. So this is what you guys are doing when you're inscribing. You are creating a column for yourself. And again, this is for an emperor, Right? So if you want to do something like this with these resources, you had to be an emperor. But we actually have the opportunity to do something like this, but on the blockchain. So this is reputation identity with identity-linked Bitcoin NFTs. So we use non-transferable NFTs to link to your identity. So this is what it looks like. We went live yesterday. So here's my profile, typical thing. And then below there, you see an endorsement that I've earned. So this is an NFT. You see uh, who it's from, you see what it's about, and that's an NFT that actually Mary uh, created, that NFT, good job. And then here you see the activity. So these are different, um, um, Bitcoin NFTs, actually on stocks right now, these are non-transferable. So the NFT contains the image, who it's from, and what it is. So this inscription is what I'm inscribing. I'm trying to build this app for everyone to be able to build a reputation that hopefully will last hundreds, thousands of years. And as more people join the network, I hope that over time that we are creating a permanent record of great people in the world who have endorsements for great things that they've done in organizations. I hope the Bitcoin blockchain lasts for centuries, if not millennia. And again, this is what our NFT looks like, and that's... Mary, it's an an endorsement that I gave to Mary. So ordinal inscriptions are coming soon. Right now we use uh, stacks, but we're going to add ordinal inscriptions. Second thing that I've been inscribing is BNS signed inscriptions. I'm doing this with Hank and Stackatron. Stackatron is over here. There he is, raise your hand, all right. So Stackatron is actually gonna be on a panel uh, later with me, so this is something that those guys have been working on for a a while, and then I kind of gave my two cents and and gave a little feedback on what we can do with it. So basically, who knows what BNS is? Yeah, we got some Stacks people. So it's the blockchain naming system uh, with Stacks, so it's basically, you know, like .F, it's .BTC. So what are we doing with this? Well, Hank actually wrote this. He's a talented engineer, but also a pretty decent writer. He said cryptographic signatures are a mechanism that allows anyone to attest to certain information. Blockchains utilize this technology to verify whether a transaction came from a specific address. I think we all know this. With the growth of NFTs and especially ordinals and inscriptions, there's often a need to establish provenance around a specific image. For example, an artist may wish to use signatures to provably establish that they can endorse and artwork. So one issue with ordinals is kind of provenance. I know there's kind of some solutions that are being worked on, but there's only so much you can do on chain. So this helps to solve provenance in a way. It helps to prove authenticity. So actually, we think this is kind of exciting. This is how it works. So this is is what I did the other day. I took my picture, Ragnar, and then I put on ragnar.btc below, and it's a PNG, it has to be a PNG, and then with the tools they created, I signed this PNG with my digital key, with my Stacks wallet. So then I took the image of the PNG, onto it, I put my digital inscription, Then what I then now I have, then I downloaded that signed PNG. Okay, so now there's an image loaded with my digital signature connected to my identity, cryptographically, not via an indexer. Hint, hint, indexers. Um, But what's so great about this, I can prove, that I could, I made this inscription, so I inscribed this PNG with my digital signature attached, I created an inscription. So I inscribed something with my digital signature, and I don't think that's been done. Um, And this is on layer two and then inscriptions layer one, obviously. So who cares? Well, if someone wants to buy my inscription or I just simply want to prove I inscribed something, whether it's art, it's code, whatever it might be, I can prove the provenance of this inscription. So what you can do is you can actually go download this image um, from, uh, you know, various places and you could take that file and then verify it. So let's see what this looks like. So here we go, this is easier to understand. So this is what it actually looks like on DOTS. So you simply drag and drop an image a PNG, I'm logged in, you could see Ragnar.btc, I'm logged in with my wallet, I dropped the PNG. On the left, I I added my signature, because there's no verifications found, I added my signature, I downloaded that image, and then I went back to DOTS, refreshed the page, I uploaded this image, and on the right you can see the verification. So it contains my BNS name. It contains my address. So this is a way for anyone to verify that this inscription is linked to me. Very exciting, I think. So good job, guys. <laughs> and later today we have a panel on like layer twos and um, meta protocols. So this this is sort of an example of that. Is Bob here? Bob? Thirty minutes. Okay, so okay, so so Bob is is a big brain, and he'll he'll be on that panel with Stackatron and myself. Okay, so here's the inscription. So what am I inscribing myself? I'm trying to inscribe reputation, prosperity, and identity verification. So after all this, I hope I've kind of joggled your mind a little bit. I hope I connected you to the history. I hope hope you. Uh, understand my point of the significance of ordinals inscriptions. You don't need to be an emperor to inscribe. You don't need to be able to carve in stone. You don't need anyone's permission to do this. This is such an incredible opportunity we have with ordinals to leave our mark on the world. And if it's monkey JPEGs is, is your mark on the world, that's valid. If it's music, that's valid. If it's a BRC token, I'll just I'll just say that, um, but but it's permissionless. So if BRC token is your thing. Knock yourself out, and that will be the mark you leave on the world. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review our show. Subscribe to the Ordinals podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite app, and follow us on Twitter at the Ord Pod. Drop us a line at podcasts at org.media for topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like us to interview. Ordinal's 2024 conference is taking place in Nashville. Early bird passes are available now. Visit ord.media and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks for listening to the Ordinal's podcast produced by Ord Media.